tuned into Breaking the Mask of Depression with your host, Diva with Depression. Welcome to Breaking the Mask with Diva with Depression. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope everyone is staying safe. I hope everyone is staying healthy. And I hope that you are taking care of yourselves. Today, we're just going to dive right in to what we're talking about today. Today's topic is schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is a mental illness that is misunderstood by everyone. Um, um, Many of us don't know what it is, what the symptoms are, but it's especially misunderstood in black and brown communities because we were just never told about this disease. It's not something that is talked about much and there are many reasons for it. But, you know, like a lot of things that are coming to light nowadays, schizophrenia is something that, you know, we probably saw on television. So, you know, we just passed it off as something that it's not. And so today I want to discuss it and I want you to know that I don't know anybody personally with schizophrenia. And I, so I'm, I wasn't aware of a lot of things until I started researching it. And and as a matter of fact, when I started blogging and when I started working with different mental health organizations, that's when I started to become curious about it and, and become interested in learning what it actually is. And so today we're just going to try to highlight some things and share I'm going to share some symptoms with you and I'm going to share a resource with you at the end so that if you do know someone or if you yourself are living with schizophrenia you know that there is help out there so you know me got to give you a google fact first (laughs) and in this case I'm going to be all over the place you know one minute it may be google the next minute it may be webmd and And so the first slide that I found when I was researching was actually from WebMD. And so it says that schizophrenia is a disorder that affects a person's ability to think, feel, and behave clearly. An exact cause of schizophrenia isn't known, but it could be a combination of genetics, environment, or just the chemistry, the brain structure, there has never really been any one symptom that they can narrow down that says is specific to schizophrenia. There is never really one cause for schizophrenia, just like a lot of mental illnesses. You know, it could be a combination of genetics and environmental. You just don't know. And so for years, and and even today, You know, when you see someone that is suffering from hallucination or, you know, just not behaving clearly, then that might be a symptom of schizophrenia. And so it's it's sort of a, you know, mental illness is is and I'm I'm guessing I try not to make excuses for the industry and, and for you know, doctors and scientists or whatever, but mental illness is something that has been 
misunderstood across the board, you know, um, and, and up until recently. And even still, you know, you can have one mental illness and there's not one specific drug for that mental illness and there's not one specific cause for that mental illness. So you just never, you never know what kind of medication to take. You never know what steps to take to treat it. And so schizophrenia is, is at the top of that list with things that we're not sure of. And, but when we, um, when I was looking and, and it said that schizophrenia translated means split mind. And that reminded me of the, you know, things that you have read and things that you have seen on television and in the movies that you, you believe that schizophrenia was someone with multiple personalities and that, you know, talk to themselves or, you know, would start to daydream or hallucinate. So split mind really made sense to me, you know, when I read it, the, the downside of schizophrenia is that there is no cure for it. And I don't know that there is any cure for any mental illness that I've come across. You know, I, like I share with you, I live with severe treatment resistant depression and I've been um, in this game, <laughs> you know, really in this game since 2006. And the number of medications that I have taken over the years is mind blowing. And um, and there's still nothing that works. You know, there are things that can help me function. There are things that can help me cope with, you know, one one symptom at here and one symptom there. But there hasn't been anything that, you know, that has been given to me or on the market that says, hey, that is going to cure treatment resistant depression. And so schizophrenia is in that ballpark also. There is no cure but at least you we know that there's no cure they're just telling you up front that there's no cure but that doesn't mean that there is not a way to live with it successfully so we'll get into that later and so schizophrenia can last for a couple of years it could last forever you know it all depends on the person again it depends on the environment it depends on the treatment plan and like I said, it can't be cured, but, you know, after a couple of years, you could be living well enough to maybe not have to take as much medication or maybe your symptoms start to subside and you start to feel like yourself again. So there's hope, you know, we just have to keep on hoping, <laughs> you know, um, of course, you know, like with any illness, it does require uh, medical diagnosis. So you do need to speak to a doctor to discuss your symptoms and possible treatment. And here's the thing. It could take up to six months for them to diagnose you with schizophrenia. That means that, you know, you can go into a doctor one day, a psychiatrist, and start discussing your symptoms and of course it'll be trial and error for six months to see if that's really what you are living with you know maybe they if you're having hallucinations they will follow 
you know, the hallucinations for a couple of weeks. If you are speaking erratically or behaving erratically, then they will follow that for a couple of weeks. And, you know, I guess through the trial, everything with medications and different type of treatment. So, you know, that's a bummer, but at least you will be under a doctor's care. And that's what's important, that you're not ignoring it completely. And so if you feel like, and I'm going to say this <laughs> several times throughout this uh, broadcast, and I always say it, is that if you're feeling out of sorts, please go see someone, you know, especially if it comes down to hallucinations and, you know, delusions. And, you know, if you feel like, you know, you're not just having a an erratic day, but you're having an erratic life, you know, so to speak, you can't, you know, gather your thoughts, you can't, you know, maybe somebody else starts to see that you're behaving out of sorts. And so if this becomes a major problem, and it starts interfering with your day to day life, and if it puts you in danger or puts someone else in danger, then of course, you need to seek help immediately. Um, I always say that, you know, when you start to get sick, and this is with a physical or mental illness, you know yourself. And so, you know, as a matter of fact, I was just having the conversation with one of my babies. Um, you know when you're not feeling well, you know who you are, you know how you are. <laughs> and so no one can tell you that, you know, you're faking or, you know, you're being extreme. You know when something starts to become out of control. And so you know, pay attention to your behavior. If you are a family member or a loved one, a caregiver on the outside looking in, start to keep track because there's always a window, you know, where we are starting to spiral, always. Um, I, I always say that these things don't happen overnight. And so just start to pay attention and don't brush off anything. You know, especially when it comes to, you know, the hallucinations um, all throughout my research and all throughout the stories that I've heard, people that I've spoken to over the past couple of years, the hallucinations and the delusions are the major things that's, that stand out. So if you see that, please, please, please go get help because the earlier that you get treatment, the more the possibility is higher that you can get it under control. You can improve your long-term outlook, outlook. So as I always say, um, it's key. You know, it's key. Don't be ashamed of how you're feeling. Don't be ashamed of, you know, I remember <clears throat> for years I would go to the doctor, the psychiatrist and the psychologist and the first, one of the first things they always ask you is, do you hear voices? And I always said, no, 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 because I didn't hear voices. You know, I didn't hear outside voices. I heard my voice. You know, my voice would be screaming inside my head. And, you know, it's sort of like I always describe it as, you know, they say the devil on one side and the angel on the other side, both sitting on your shoulders. Well, those two were both screaming in my ear, but it was my voice. Whereas when you have schizophrenia and other 
mental illnesses, it may be outside voices or, you know, voices that don't exist, you know, in reality, but there's a voice nonetheless. <clears throat> so that's not something that you can brush off and it's not something to be ashamed of because the first time that I did share it, and I believe it was because I was inpatient uh, one time and I did share it with a psychiatrist on staff and it was like a light bulb went off in his head and he was able to take my treatment plan in a different direction so don't be ashamed of how you're feeling because it's okay <laughs> you know it's okay like I say there are so many people around the world that are living with the illnesses that I talk about, that many are talking about. And so we have to keep talking about it, keep getting loud about it. So you not only know your symptoms, you know what to look for in your loved ones. You know how you should be feeling or you know how your, your loved one should be feeling. And so just pay attention to yourself and pay attention to your family members. So when you're having a delusion, you have a belief or an impression that it's, it's a contradiction of reality, so to speak. Um, you accept it as reality or the person that's living with the delusion is, it has a, has a sort of distorted view of reality and they argue it, <laughs> you know, they're 10 toes down for that argument, no matter how much um, that you show them that that's not reality, they are going to hold tight to that delusion. And so, you know, pay attention to, to something like that, because that could be, you know, that's more than, um, <laughs> you know, that's more than just somebody trying to be right, you know. Um, a, a hallucination is different from a delusion because it, it affects your senses and um, your senses and it feels real. You know, it feels like it's really happening, although it might not be happening. And and you can't tell that person that it's not happening. You know, a delusion, of course, they're going to double down on that in spite of evidence and a hallucination also, too. You know, the person that's living with this really, really believes that it's happening to them. So those are two, excuse me, two of the main things that you should pay attention to, you know, if you or your loved one start to ex exhibit these symptoms because you have to get treatment because once you start going, crossing the, the line of, severe hallucinations, severe delusions, you know, severe disorganization, then you're starting to slip lower and lower and lower and your treatment window, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And so I can't say it enough. I know you guys are going to get sick of me <laughs> today, but um, please just pay attention. Um, you know, it's not always a cause for concern. If somebody is having a, an hallucination here or there, it could be it could be a medication that they're taking or it could be a symptom of another illness. Um, it could be 
you know, alcohol related or drug related, you know, but pay attention for the the sign that it, it's going a little bit further. Erratic behavior, abnormal erratic behavior, you know, things that, you know, people are doing, you know, you see yourself doing or your loved one doing that just, it just doesn't make sense. You know, it's outside of, you know, obsessive. It is just, it's, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't line up, you know, just bouncing from one behavior or one tick to another. Um, your speech is starting to change. It, it could get rapid, you know, and your eye movement can start to become rapid. And this is, these are symptoms that just will continue and continue and continue. So if you see that, um, it's going longer than, listen, <laughs> if it was me, it would be two days, you know, but I know some people wait a week. Um, some people wait longer, you know, just to see whether it is, you know, an effect of a side effect of uh, a physical illness. Um, but like I said, today, I'm really, really just trying to give you an idea of what some of the symptoms are and, and some of the things that you should look for in yourself and your loved ones so you can be aware. Um, for men, schizophrenia will typically begin in your early 20s, in their early 20s. And for women, it typically begins in their late 20s. And they said that um, puberty affects, you know, is the reason why it's different for men and women. Hormones, you know, this is the one, one of the times when <laughs> I guess, you know, hormones are a good thing as far as women are concerned, because it says that the horm hormonal balance sort of protects women from being affected by schizophrenia you know, until the late 20s, early 30s. It's very, very rare for children, young children, babies, um, young, 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 six uh, toddlers to live with schizophrenia. There is no, um, there's no reasoning for it. It just, for some reason, through research and and following studies, it's never been something that someone is born with, you know, um, and it happened. It's just so happens that when it is diagnosed in your late 20s, um, early 20s, late teens, it's because something else has triggered it. And so the opposite um, <laughs> of it being a good thing is true. You know, puberty can trigger um, schizophrenia. Um after your hormonal change in women, um, that could trigger schizophrenia. So that's another thing that we need to watch out for. Teens. Teens, the late teens. And it's really, really funny because I was 16 years old when a doctor told me that he believed that I was um, suffering from depression and I had an ulcer. And I was 16. Um, so it's interesting that it's always your teenage years that are affected by certain things, but the reason why we don't recognize behavior or illness, mental illness in teenagers is because we sort of chalk it up to teenage behavior. 
and I had my air quotes going <laughs> right now because I did the same thing with my kids. Um, I didn't know whether it was them, you know, being withdrawn because they were a teenager or, you know, not talking to me because they were a teenager or, you know, their school performance or their sleep pattern was being affected because they were a teenager or because they had their period, you know. So I wasn't aware of serious situations that were going on with them because I just, I was confused. I, I really thought that it was just a teenage thing, you know. So when you see that your teenager is withdrawing from friends and family, you know, they're not doing well in school, they're having trouble see sleeping, um, they're restless, irritable, no motivation, no desire to do anything. It's not always just teenagers. <laughs> you know, I remember I would come home from school and say I got home from school. And this is, you know, of maybe junior high school, um, get home at four o'clock, three o'clock, three thirty, four o'clock and take a nap because I was just so tired. And then you're up at six o'clock and, <laughs> you know, life begins again. You do your homework, you eat dinner, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so to me, that's a normal, normal pattern of teenage behavior like most parents but when the sleeping is just really off you know sleeping all the time or not sleeping ever you know um, staying up for 24 36 72 hours those are things that you should pay attention to whether they were mental illness or not but it could be a sign of something more um, recreational drug use, you know, <laughs> it, it, I know it's supposed to be taboo, but it's not, you know, we're teens, we drink, we smoke some weed sometimes, and, you know, some people do other drugs when they're teenagers or experiment for the first time, we'll brush it off at that, but those are actual signs of schizophrenia, and so, you know, if you start to you know, pay attention to those signs, pay attention to the pattern and how long it lasts. You know, not those symptoms could lead into depression or they could, you know, lead into bipolar disorder. But it's also a possibility that they're they're um, stepping into schizophrenia. Now, compared to adults, teens are less likely to have the delusions and they're more likely to have visual visual hallucinations. So, you know, they're seeing things, you know, but what they're seeing, they're believing and they're doubling down on it. So if you have a teen or if you know of a teen um, that has these symptoms long term and you notice that, you know, their visual hallucinations, get that checked out. Have them, you know, look into it, you know, and pay attention to what they're doing, how long they're doing it. Usually schoolwork, you know, a drop in school performance to me is a major sign, you know, other than being tired um, and, you know, just being antisocial because sometimes teens just want to talk to their friends. They don't want to talk to their parents, <laughs> you know, or anybody in their house. So, but when you start to see them withdraw from their friends and their family, then, you know, speak to someone or have someone in school. You know, I, I know when I was growing up in school, they had counselors in school, 
um, not just guidance counselors, but, you know, nurse counselors, um, therapists. So if that's what's available to you in your school, then if you feel concerned about your teen and, and there are screening, there are screening exams for everything, you know, so you can Google schizophrenia and look up the symptoms and look up the treatments and you can take a screening test and see if you or your loved one, if what you're experiencing is a symptom of schizophrenia. So all of these combined, if they combine and severely, severely impact your daily life, then it's something to be concerned with. Um, a lot of people, and I'm pausing because I'll, of course I'll get choked up, but a lot of people don't want to admit that they have a mental illness because they're embarrassed. And they also don't want to be treated for life, you know, and that's just not just a mental illness. You know, who wants to take diabetes medicine for the rest of your life or high blood pressure medicine for the rest of your life? But that's more acceptable than taking medication for mental illness. So when you are diagnosed with schizophrenia, since there is no cure, you are looking at treatment forever, you know, to maintain. Um, of course, there's medication to get symptoms under control. Of course, there are programs that help you, you know, group therapy, um, schizophrenia organizations. There, there are ways to live a full and complete life, but you just have to keep your treatment going and, and standard doctor's care. So, but it's, it, the key is getting in early. Um, that can improve your treatment plan going forward. So please, please, <laughs> I'm begging, I'm begging, baby, baby, please make sure that you go. And, and that's something that you get checked because um, early treatment, early discovery, it's key. We have to do it, you know. So here's some morbid things, morbid things. People with schizophrenia are two to three times more likely to die early. And this is often due to the mental illness contributing to a physical illness. So another reason why to get in early and get this taken care of. You know, um, I can't, um, I, I did a podcast interview, I, I'm going to share this, I did a podcast interview earlier um, today with another mental health advocate and mental health professional, and we were discussing schizophrenia and how, you know, we've always looked, people always look down on people that are living with this illness, you know, if you see someone on the street that might be homeless or, you know, might be talking to themselves or, you know, they might be in a spiral and a lot of times they are living with schizophrenia and haven't received treatment, but we have just passed it off as, oh, they're drunk or they're on drugs or, you know, if it's a veteran, oh, they just have PTSD and it was, it's never checked out. So, you know, we have to start 
erasing the stigma, you know, and that's why I wanted to come on here and talk about it because there are 24 million, and this is according to who, and this is as of January 2002, 24 million people in the U.S. with schizophrenia. That's one in 300 people. One in 300 people. That's one in, you know, the amount of people that might be in the mall at one time. You know, that's one in the amount of people in a movie theater for one viewing, you know. So that's a lot of people. And the rates are even higher for black and brown people. Blacks are 2.4 times likely to be diagnosed with schizophrenia. Did you know that? I didn't know that <laughs> until I looked it up. 2.4 times more likely to be diagnosed with schizophrenia. And that's after 52 different studies in 2018 that was done. I had no idea, you know, because who knew? You know, we don't think that that's, you know, we have sugar, <laughs> you know, we have high blood pressure and, you know, we may get a little depressed and stuff like that, but we don't have schizophrenia. That's what they would like you to believe. So that means how many years have we, our loved ones, our ancestors gone untreated because no one knew that this was a thing in our community. The reported psychotic symptoms are highest in black Americans, 21.1%, Latino Americans, 19.9%, white Americans, 13.1%. The lifeline prevalence of self-reported psychotic symptoms is lowest in Asian Americans at 5.4%. That's pretty scary. Um, that is pretty scary because that means that number one, we're hiding, <laughs> we're lying, we're not getting treated, and therefore the cases are not being reported. And let me tell you that everything that I've researched these past couple of months, the numbers are higher than what's reported because what did I say? These are self-reported numbers. How many of us don't report how we're feeling and what we're going through? So. That is, um, that's pretty scary. You know, I'm going to say that again, 21.1% of blacks, 19.9% of Latinos, and 13.1% of whites, 5.4% of Asian Americans. That's reported. And remember, I said that blacks are 2.4 times <laughs> more likely to be diagnosed if they report it, and that's out of 24 million people, that is pretty scary because we don't know what's going on. We don't. And so this will lead to symptoms being dragged out. 50% of people that recognize that they may be living with schizophrenia don't take their medication. And that's if they go to the doctor and get diagnosed. They don't take medication. And the term for it is 
anosognosia, which means that they're unaware of their condition. So that means that you have a large percentage, large percentage of black Americans, brown Americans, walking around with this illness that either A, you weren't diagnosed, so you don't know that you have it, or B, you're not taking the medication. And that's 50% of people that are not taking their medication. So lack of treatment and lack of information leads to severe, severe outcomes for people living with schizophrenia. And your life can be shortened by 30 years. 30 years. I'd rather have the time. <laughs> you know, I'd rather have the medication. I'd rather get treatment and have more time with my friends and more time with my family and loved ones than to ignore it or be ashamed of it. You know, um, half of the people that have schizophrenia, you know, have mental illnesses, other mental illnesses, and other behavioral health issues. So that means that if you are not getting treated for your schizophrenia, then that means that you're not getting treated for your depression. You're not getting treated for your anxiety. And it just starts to spiral and spiral and roll into a ball. And then, you know, you're minus 30 years of your life. That's not, it's not worth it, you know. Um, 24 million people, my friends, 24 million people, blacks, 2.4 times more likely to be diagnosed with schizophrenia. Let's not let that happen. Let's start listening. Let's start talking. Let's start researching and getting the help that we need. It doesn't mean that we're all going to have, you know, symptoms. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you have a hallucination or you're behaving erratically, that doesn't mean that you're going to have a severe mental illness. But why not get checked out? You know, um, symptoms doesn't necessarily mean that you're suffering from something severe. You know, there could be other reasons but it's better to be safe than sorry than to go untreated and that's just with anything you know what if you know if you had a if you had a cyst on the side of your arm you know that just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger you're not going to ignore that you're going to go get that checked out so think of this as <laughs> you know uh, a mental illness cyst you know, the longer you avoid it, the long, the worse it can become. And, you know, like with other mental illnesses in the black community, um, schizophrenia is scary. It is unknown. And we keep ignoring it. And we can't do that anymore because we're losing each other. And I don't want to lose y'all. So, you know, keep listening keep reading. Also, when I was talking to the podcaster today, we were talking about, of course, racism <laughs> and discrimination in the mental illness profession, mental illness field, and how black and brown people are just completely ignored and 
um, forgive me, I say black and brown sometime be, because, you know, that's just a an expression that I use sometimes. Um, but we, when we do get treatment, we get mistreated a lot of times or we don't get the medication that we're supposed to get or we don't have quality health care. So I went and, you know, I did some research and um, there was a, um, a brief that a psychiatrist wrote and it's how schizophrenia became a black disease. And I'm going to read this verbatim. Um, <clears throat> he wrote, and his name was Jonathan Metzl, wrote of the link between schizophrenia and racism. And schizophrenia, he claims, was once seen as a rather benign mental disorder impacting middle class white women. Okay, <laughs> pay attention. So initially, it was just middle class white women that were getting it. In the 50s and 60s, the 60s and 70s, excuse me, schizophrenia developed a reputation as a violent disease, and then it was linked to male black activists during the civil rights movement. In 1968, the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual of Mental Disorders, DSM, listed dangerousness as a symptom of schizophrenia as a way to justify the psychiatric treatment of black people that were protesting against injustice. Y'all, my jaw dropped. My jaw dropped. And they wonder why we are so leery of the medical profession. No, we're not going <laughs> to just go take that treatment without researching. We're not. People, they were putting, they labeled us schizophrenia. Black men, specifically black men, it says here. They labeled them schizophrenia, schizophrenic, violent, and dangerous. And they used that as a way to throw them in jail and throw them in mental health hospitals to keep them from protesting against the injustice is that we were suffering through. Could you imagine? And that was <laughs> in 1968. I was born in 1968. <laughs> you know, like this is not, this was not like in the 1800s. This was 50 years ago. Um, you know, and so that's why, you know, when we see a brother, you know, walking down the street and he may be talking to himself or he may, um, be, you know, his eye movements are off or he's, you know, his body parts are sort of buzzing and shaking. We automatically, you know, that's a term, you know, that, that we would, you know, he's schizo, <laughs> you know, um, that's a term that people used to use to describe, um, when we would see our brothers and sisters in the street, you know, if you see a sister on a train and, you know, I know that I've seen it living in New York, you know, we see them on the train and, and they're talking to themselves or, you know, or they, they get up and they start discussing a theory that they have. And, you know, to them, that theory is real. And we just pass it off. Oh, they're local, you know, oh, they're acting schizo. Oh, you know, they're a drug addict. Oh, they're homeless. No. You know, they have a disorder and um, 
they're just thrown in jails. They're thrown in hospitals and they're they're ignored, you know, and and nothing has changed. We're still ignored. <laughs> you know, we're still thrown in jails and not getting the treatment that we need to get. So, you know, let that motivate you a little bit. You know, we don't want to continue to be misdiagnosed and mistreated. You want, if you are living with this severe mental illness, you want to get treatment and you want to live a full life and you want to kick some ass. Okay? Because you want to prove them wrong. (laughs) Okay? I am not less than because I live with schizophrenia. I'm the bomb because I can live with schizophrenia. That's what you want. Okay? So listen to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm reprimanding you. Make sure that you get the help that you need. Make sure that you pay attention to these symptoms because they just keep trying to wipe us out <laughs> at every turn. And, and I'm not going to get into all my soapbox, but that article really pissed me off <laughs> because It just shows you that, you know, like stealing someone's blood, (laughs) you know, um, you're just labeling people and you're labeling wrong. You know, it's just like when you're saying, you know, people with mental illnesses are so violent and that is the exact opposite, you know. And so that means that if someone is having a delusion or having a hallucination because they suffer from schizophrenia, they're not violent. They're not. They're just sick. And we need to stop letting them label our babies and our brothers and sisters as such. Um, we're kings and king and queens and princes and princesses, you know, and nobody is without a flaw or two. And um, I'm flawed. I'm flawed like hell, <laughs> you know, um, you, you guys hear me, you know, when I talk, you guys read my work, you, you see, you see me in some cases, I, I'm, I'm, I'm severely, excuse my French, fucked up sometimes, you know, with these, with these symptoms and, and this, this mental illness, but that doesn't mean that I'm not worthy of being treated like a person, a human being. So don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. You know, um, medication. I share with you guys, <sighs> medications for mental illness are a bitch and a half. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm not. The side effects will have you floored on your ass in some cases. But usually after one to two weeks, and I know that that's a lifetime in some cases, but after one to two weeks, once you've adjusted, you're good to go. You know, you are able to function and it it may not be at 100% initially, it may be 60% or 50% or, you know, sometimes in my case, 30% and that's the psychiatrist saying that, Um, but at least I'm functioning, (laughs) you know, at least I'm able to get out of the bed. So schizophrenia is one of those illnesses where you will have to take medication for the rest of your life. And, um, you know, th- that's on paper, you know, and that's what a doctor will tell you that that's, that might not be true. You know, there's always 
ways around it or there's always cures but people are cured every single day so you know you don't have to claim that but initially you will have to take medication for the rest of your life for schizophrenia and it's an antipsychotic medication that you will take and you know antipsychotics are usually um, brought in when there are hallucinations and, and delusions um, one example of a medication is clozapine and as of now um, in this like I said this particular article that who wrote was in January um, clozapine was the most effective antipsychotic um, for managing schizophrenia and so patients will have to go through you know at least a couple of trials to determine the dosage and that's with anything I'm going to tell you, <laughs> you know, I have to see my doctor tomorrow because they put me on a new medication in July and it's not working. So they'll probably have to up the dosage. And um, that's what they do. That's what they have to do with, with these medications. So, you know, you go in and they will prescribe clozapine at one dosage and they will just have to tweak it. And like I said, with schizophrenia, they will watch you for six months. You know, they will watch your, your symptoms and they will watch your dosing and um, adjust it from there. And then, you know, <clears throat> I had a discussion with someone in the mental health field and they did say that after six months, if you recognize, <laughs> you know, that you have this illness and that if you are determined to get treatment and determined to work through it then people go on to live their best lives you know you go on and you have families you go to school you work you play <laughs> you know you you do everything you know it's just a period that you're going to have to adjust to you know these medications but once you once you find it once you hit the sweet spot it's it, you know you're living you know, you're not existing. And um, to me, that that's a that's a good thing. You know, um, there are people every day that are, that you pass on the street every single day, you pass in the office every single day that are taking um, some type of medication to control anxiety, to control um, ang social anxiety, to control depression, to control you know, bipolar disorder, there are people that are taking these medications every single day and you would never know it, you know, because they have gone through the trial and they have learned to adapt to life with it. Of course, talk therapy is big, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, <laughs> you know, you guys have heard me talk about that. The DBTs and the CBTs, those are my enemies, <laughs> you know, I always run away from them. But that doesn't, that's not because they're not good. It's just that, you know, I like, um, I, I like real talk, <laughs> you know, and DBT and CBT is what they throw at you, um, sometimes when you're inpatient and outpatient. Um, but cognitive behavioral therapy is most effective in treating schizophrenic patients. Um, CBT is best with teaching patients how to manage their thoughts and behaviors and how to identify triggers. And that's important, you know, um, that's important because I just posted on Instagram 
that just because you know when you're spiraling doesn't mean that you can control the spiral. You can't stop it. Um, and that's what that means. That if you are living with schizophrenia and you know when a trigger is coming or you know when a symptom is coming, you are in control and that means that you can find a way to coast through it. You know, like turn into the, <laughs> turn into the, the crash or turn into, you know, when you, when you spin on ice and they say, you know, roll into it. That's how it is when you identify a trigger. You know, it keeps you from falling. Um, you can, you can get the medication. You can increase your therapy sessions. You can have your affirmations in place. You can have your grounding techniques in place so that you know how to control that spiral. Heck, that <laughs> you even know that, listen, if the spiral is coming, I'm going to have to take a couple of days off from work. Just like if you fell and hurt your knee, you know, you would take a day off, take a couple of days off. So if you feel a hallucination coming on, if you feel um, some erratic behavior creeping up, you can go to an event and be triggered. You can see something or read something that will trigger you. If you are living with this condition, then you know that you need to step back and take, take, you know, the necessary action to stop the spiral. And that means that you are living with an illness. You are the bomb because you're living with this illness and that you have, you have accepted it and you have made sure that you have done what is necessary to control your illness. It, guys, it's not a death sentence. You know, nothing is, is, it's not a death sentence. It doesn't mean that you're less than. It doesn't mean that the diagnosis says that, you know, you're not going to live to be a hundred, you know, it just means that you have to take your medication, get your therapy, figure out your grounding techniques, figure out how to live, but don't ignore it. Please don't ignore it because as I said several times throughout this episode, schizophrenia is one of the most severe mental illnesses psychosis type illnesses out there and it could be a danger to you it could be deadly for you it could be a loss to you so the earlier that you get treatment the better so as always I'm going to tell you that you can always reach out to me of course you can always go to my website dealwithdepression.com and there's a resource section there and I've listed so many organizations that I have found to be helpful. One, I'm not sure that I have it listed, but I've, I'm damn sure going to list it um, tomorrow. I'll have my tech person, <laughs> you know, put it up there. Um, the Schizophrenia and Psychosis Action Alliance. That's SCZaction.org and it's it's headquartered in Alexandria, Virginia. And I've been working the helpline guys for about two, three years now. And this has been a great resource 
for the families of loved ones that are living with schizophrenia or you know people themselves that are living with schizophrenia but they have resources on there they have a helpline they have support groups they have you know all sorts of information about terms and treatments and you know <laughs> every I always say that every illness has an organization um, and and this is it for schizophrenia and psychosis so the schizophrenia and psychosis action alliance if you are just starting on this journey and you want information that should be your first stop okay don't don't not acknowledge it you are amazing <laughs> you know you are absolutely amazing it doesn't matter what your diagnosis is it does not matter what a doctor says it doesn't matter what strangers say you are amazing and you know why you're amazing you're amazing because you are beating the odds and you are living and kicking ass with schizophrenia nothing to be ashamed of nothing so do the work <laughs> you know research read get treatment get to a doctor get the medication and keep going okay guys I, I know that I was a little long to this episode but I wanted to make sure that I got everything in I thank you guys so much if you're listening to this episode I want to thank you so much for like I said <laughs> tuning in till the end because I thought that this was a topic that was very very important because it's just there are so many unknowns about it so I I'm grateful that you have listened to the whole episode I beg you to share it you know I don't usually beg for shares and likes but this is something that I beg you to share because I think that it can save a life you know honestly um, so share it you don't have to give a reason why you're sharing it just share it or give a link to it you know share a link to it um, so people can start doing the research and start doing the work thank you thank you thank you again to illumination media and technology for of course always doing a kick-ass job with this podcast without him I would be nowhere <laughs> you know um, so like follow um, get in touch you know he's amazing um, breaking the mask is on most podcast platforms if you found this episode interesting like I said helpful pass it along this one especially pass it along tell somebody about it um, and I'm not the only one that has this information so you know there are others out there just keep sharing um, because we want to get this out we want to get this information out there so we can change the world stay safe stay well protect your soul protect your peace keep fighting I will see you guys over on divawithdepression.com say hi <laughs> on any of my social media platforms reach out to me by email I love you guys. I, I want you to stay helpful and hopeful. I want you to stay peaceful and I want you to keep kicking ass. Take care.